feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, it is a stunner, and tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to talk about why there may be criminal charges potentially coming up against the Homeland Security Secretary. This is a blockbuster. There was a hearing that took place today on Capitol Hill, and first off, the Democrats didn't even bother coming to the hearing. It was a Capitol Hill Basically, as the helm, but it was actually at the U.S. border. It was at McAllen, Texas, which is really so much at the heart of the border crisis. And the Democrats didn't even bother showing up. They decided in the last minute to boycott it, which is just unbelievable. And then, in addition to that, we got blockbuster testimony. This is from the current head of U.S. Border Patrol. This is Biden's Border Patrol chief, which is what makes it so interesting. Raul Ortiz basically admitting for the first time from a Biden administration official that they do not have, quote, operational control of the southern border. And that is a blockbuster. What it means is essentially now there is an official from the Biden administration admitting that they do not have control of their own southern border, that it is a disaster, that migrants are just crossing at will, that the Border Patrol has no control of the process to be able to keep track of them, that they have essentially lost control. What we have all been seeing And we all know has been happening for the last two years. But what is such a blockbuster is now Raul Ortiz, who is the chief of Border Patrol, again, under President Biden, is admitting that that is the case. And that is a blockbuster. He is on record there before Congress, after being sworn in and under oath, said, yes, I agree with you. It is not under operational control. In other words, the border is just sheer chaos and we have no authority, no control over it. We cannot get a handle on it. It is just so overwhelming. He also said, listen, we need many, many more border agents. We need so much more backup. We are being overwhelmed. We're being overrun. We do not have operational control. And you could have heard a pin drop when he made that statement. And why that is so significant is it is in such stark contrast to what Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, has been pretending to say every single time that he goes under oath. And every time he's out there in any sort of public setting, he keeps claiming with a straight face that the border is secure. We all know that it's not secure, but he has maintained under oath that indeed it is secure. Like we can't see with our own two eyes. Remember that image of like a thousand of them running towards the bridge in El Paso trying to cross the other day? It was like a stampede that was happening in so many different border points. And yet Mayorkas still says with a straight face, oh, the border is fine. We have operational control. Now we have the border chief 
who reports, by the way, to Alejandro Mayorkas and tells him everything he is seeing. It is inconceivable that you have a border chief who says it is out of control, that we do not have, quote, operational control at the border. And now we have a Homeland Security secretary who continues to lie and filibuster to the American people. And that is why this is a disastrous time right now for Alejandro Mayorkas, because now a Biden administration official is clearly contradicting and saying under oath, this is not the case. He wouldn't say that Alejandro Mayorkas is lying uh, because that's his boss. That's his colleague. He wouldn't go that far. Of course, he wouldn't say that because he also works in the Biden administration. But this is a blockbuster because what it means is now they could potentially use this as justification to go after criminal charges for Alejandro Mayorkas saying he lied under oath, knowing from his own border chief that that is not the case when he made a statement right before Congress multiple times, pretending like the border's secure. It also could also basically instigate grounds for impeachment, saying that he clearly knows this information that his own border chief is saying, and yet he continues to say otherwise under oath to the American public. This is a devastating day, I think, for not only Alejandro Mayorkas, but for the entire border uh, Biden administration that has put this order border representation that, oh, everything's fine. No problem. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. We see it with our own two eyes how many migrants have been crossing the border illegally every single day. This is a dereliction of duty. And if this doesn't start impeachment hearings against Mayorkas, I don't know what does. You now have his colleague, the border chief, under Biden, saying they have no operational control of the border. He has admitted it is chaotic, it is confusing, and it is downright dangerous. And if you now don't go after Mayorkas, I don't know what you need to make that kind of a justification. You just got to hand it on a silver platter, Congress. Right now, we have justification to say you are not protecting America. And that is the bottom line for the Secretary of Homeland Security. To me, this is a stunning moment. We knew it was the case. And thank goodness this Raul Ortiz, this border chief, is a man of ethics because he's sitting there and he knows he is sworn right there before Congress to testify today. And at least he has the integrity and the ethics to tell the truth to the American public. It is obviously much worse than we even expect because for him to actually come out there and basically go against his bosses, knowing that they're not going to be happy with his testimony, but it is the truth. And it is obvious. We all see it. And now we have a Biden official at a senior level saying under oath that is indeed the case. And there better be impeachment hearings starting immediately for Mayorkas after this. This is outrageous. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is that stunning moment that happened just a few hours ago. Listen to Congressman Mark Green questioning Chief Raul Ortiz, again, of the Border Patrol. Chief Ortiz, uh, does does DHS have operational control of our entire border? 
No, sir. No, sir. We do not. And that is, again, in stark contrast to what Mayorkas has claimed and pretended all this time. Here is Mayorkas not too long ago saying, oh, yeah, nothing to see there. Let me take a step back for a minute and let me uh, explain a very important uh, make make a very important point, And that is that the border is secure. The United States Border Patrol secures the border on behalf of the American people. That's what we do. And we are doing it. Yeah, the border is secure. That's what we're doing with a straight face. And then you have your own Border Patrol chief under oath testifying. Bravo to this guy, uh, because the facts are so obvious that he couldn't lie to the American public. It'll be interesting to see if he has a job tomorrow, because the Biden administration surely is not happy that he, quote, testified finally under oath and told the truth. And he makes Mayorkas look like one big fool and a walking danger plot for the United States. Here is a little bit more of Chief Ortiz, some more stunning testimony. Now, he was asked by Mark Green, uh, basically, look, Mayorkas is lying to the American public. We know that that's the case. Uh, it's a tough question for someone to answer. He works again. He reports to the president and also reports to Mayorkas. But listen to him kind of trying to avoid that answer. When you talk about operational control, about 10 years ago, we used operational control as a measuring stick of our effectiveness along the southwest border. Uh, my new strategy is geared towards um, uh, mission advantage. So, you, you know, I, I, I'm asking a very specific question, yes, and I, I, you're, you're kind of describing how, how, how the goalpost has been moved because of the mass waves of people that are coming. My question, you heard the secretary. He said we have operational control. That's the definition based of operational control. Based upon the control. definition you have, sir, up there, no. We don't have operational control. No, sir. But is Secretary Mariarkis lying? I, I don't. I didn't see Are the you, rest of the testimony there, sir. He so was at, you, you saw, he was asked if we had question. operational control, and he said yes. I, I think it's either, it's either ignorance, which is unacceptable, or it's lying. Great points. Either ignorance, and he's too incompetent. Um, I don't think he's that stupid because he's been involved in politics a long time. All you have to do is turn on the TV for five seconds and see that we clearly don't have operational control. So I don't believe that it's incompetence. So the other choice is he is clearly lying. I say these are grounds for impeachment. This is outrageous. And some people are saying it is potentially criminal charges because it is clear that Mayorkas gets the same information that Raul Ortiz is getting. And thank God, Raul Ortiz is a man of integrity. He doesn't want to lie under oath. So maybe there's criminal charges for lying to Congress. That is a criminal charge. And that is certainly uh, justifiable to go after Mayorkas every which way but loose. Throw the book at him. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And then it gets worse for Mayorkas if it wasn't bad enough by this testimony. By the way, this is the witness that the Democrats wanted to testify today. Uh, they actually said we should get Raul Ortiz there. And then suddenly the Democrats backed out last minute. Maybe they knew Raul Ortiz was going to tell the truth. Maybe they suddenly realized their witness was not going to be their star witness, but maybe uh, the opening salvo that was going to be the beginning of the end of these disastrous border policies 
by President Biden and his henchmen like Alejandro Mayorkas. But it got worse because, listen to this exchange, Dan Bishop, who was questioning Chief Raul Ortiz, again, the Border Patrol chief under President Biden, was asking, basically, are Biden's policies to blame? Are they basically the cause of this enormous influx at the border that is creating this chaos at the border? And he said yes. Take a listen to this one. The cause is the change in policy. Is it not, sir? Will you be candid enough to be unequivocal and clear that that has driven the change? I will tell you, sir, that when I was a deputy chief and the acting chief down here in 2014, you know, a lot of people described what was happening here in South Texas as a humanitarian crisis, a border crisis. And I was very candid and I said that I think we have a bit of a policy crisis. And I still hold true that we have some policies in place where we need to ensure that the men and women out there patrolling the border, investigating these criminal cartels, are actually allowed to do their job each and every day. And their job is to detain or remove uh, illegal immigrants. Yes, sir. Yeah, so it's a little tough for them at the border because guess what? They have an administration that doesn't seem to care about American security. This, to me, was stunning testimony. Where do you think it goes from here? When we come back, I'm going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222 are Mayorkas' days numbered. And now you have the head of Border Patrol saying, yeah, the policies aren't great, basically, and... We have a border that is completely out of control. We do not have operational control. In other words, we've lost it for the American public. What's going to happen now? Who will be held accountable? We're going to talk about that after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about this blockbuster testimony just a few hours ago that I think is the beginning of the end of Alejandro Mayorkas. He is the Homeland Security Secretary who has been nothing short of a disaster. And I claim derelict in his duties in protecting America with that wide open border, some new stunning numbers of hundreds of thousands of gotaways. These are the ones that the border agents don't even encounter, that they estimate got away. They have zero record of. These are clearly the worst of the worst. This is if you're a terrorist or you're a criminal, you don't want to even encounter border agents. My goodness, these days, uh, you know, if you're uh, just somebody who's crossing illegally but don't have any nefarious, uh, you know, plans You might as well just go to the border agents because they're just going to let you walk away and say, hey, come on back in a few years for a court hearing. It's a wide open border. So, you know, these that got away that are technically the ones that they have zero track of got to be some bad hombres and bad other folks, too, because uh, they don't even want to come in contact with border agents and even get the soft treatment that the Biden administration is giving. And now we are getting this blockbuster testimony that Biden's Border Patrol chief under oath admits the border is out of control. And you can bet 
that is causing enormous ripple effects in the Biden administration tonight, because that is in stark contrast to what Mayorkas has said, that they have the border under control, that the border is secure. Is he lying? Is he incompetent? Is he stupid? Either way, he has got to go. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. This was a blockbuster, Dom. I mean, the fact now it's a Biden guy saying it. You can bet they were like, oh, no. I would have loved to have heard, like, how many plates dropped and cups dropped when they when he started testifying. They're like, oh, shoot, we thought he was going to say something for us, you know? Rita, the way I see it, Joe Biden does not have operational control over his brain and body. That's the way I see it. But nevertheless, Border Chief Ortiz will be getting a call from Joe. He will give him two choices. If you want to keep your pension... Either apologize in public or open the border up even wider at both ends of the spectrum, north and south, and fade away. You, but you know, you know what? By the way, Dom, I agree with you. I think though this guy clearly has a lot of integrity, and I also, yep. I also think Dom, the fact that suddenly the Democrats decided to boycott the hearing, they picked Ortiz. I brought that up because I was stunned. They actually wanted him to be the witness. And then suddenly they backed out last minute, maybe realizing, maybe he said, hey, by the way, I'm, you know, I know you asked me to testify, but I'm going to testify honestly, and you're not going to like what I have to hear. And then they suddenly decided not to show up. I I bet you that's sort of the sequence of events. This guy seems to have a lot of integrity. I think if they gave him those choices, I think he'd resign. He seems like a good, decent guy. Thank goodness someone is honest in the Biden administration. Well, you know, I, I think Joe will wake up Monday morning and say, who's that guy that, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Mallorca's Ortiz guy, whatever. Uh, do I have to talk to him? What do I tell him? <laughs> so, and I mean, this is the guy we have operating as president of the United States. Unfortunately, it, this is unless, if he, if he gets reelected, God, you know, God help us. So we have to wake up. And I think you have, your audience needs to listen very carefully to what you're saying and, you know, come in numbers in 24 and elect a guy who is really going to represent USA. I'm really worried about this guy, Joe, at the top of the helm. I, you know, I am, too. And, Dom, I am also super worried about what's going on in the border. I mean, to me, of all the things, there's a lot of things out there today. And we're going to talk later on in the show about Russia and the very tepid reaction that we had that a Russian, you know, jet took out our one of our drones. And we're like, oh, it's not a good idea, basically. I mean, we are so weak. Uh, but when this is an issue that's right there on our southern border, it is downright frightening. The fact that they have had millions cross, that they have no idea who they are, and the fact that they think we're stupid, that they can just say, oh, everything's fine, uh, that is a scary situation. Let's go to Joseph, line five. Joseph, your thoughts of what's going on at the border? Well, my thoughts are like yours. You always say outrageous. You know, Rita, you, you got to get the real snake that's giving the orders. These guys are just following it, unless he's just drugged out, this guy, Mallorca. You know, they took drugs years ago. These are the leaders we got today. And they're destroying this country, the social services, schooling, housing, financially, everything. This is really criminal, like you say. Yeah, you know what? It, there are so many things that you just touched on, Joseph. You, you see so many things falling apart in this country. And it is 
really a frightening situation. And uh, the fact that we have now a wide open border and they know it and they I bet they're thinking about all the things we are and talking about it privately. The Rita Cosby Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families. A really powerful story coming from Southfield, Michigan, where a police officer there, Patrick McCormick, was honored for bravery after jumping into action as someone sat trapped in a burning car. It happened on Friday night around 11 o'clock. McCormick attempted to put out the fire in the car that continued to grow. There was a passenger in the car that needed to be rescued. Uh, strangers helped the officer by giving him a fire extinguisher to take out the fire. And eventually McCormick was able to rescue the passenger. The chief of Southfield, Michigan, the police chief there, Elwin Barron, said, quote, of McCormick, he put his own safety at risk to at least give this individual a chance at life. And the chief further said, I'm going to describe Officer McCormick this time as a hero, and he certainly is. Bravo to him and all the incredible, great work that our law enforcement do, uh, dealing with people who are in car accidents like this individual and others. They put their lives at risk every single day to protect all of us. By the way, also do the Border Patrol agents, and they are so concerned. I've talked to so many Border Patrol agents who are fearful. They are worried because they are outmanned. They're outgunned by the cartels. By the way, get a load of this. Mexico's president just a little bit ago, this guy who basically said, well, you know what? Fentanyl is America's problem. It's not our problem. We don't produce. uh, We don't consume fentanyl. I mean, he goes to the Alejandro Mayorkas School of Communications, I think. They both graduated with the same degrees. Anyway, the Mexican president just a few hours ago blames the U.S., said, I'm blaming the U.S. legislators because you really haven't done anything on fentanyl. In other words, it's not their fault. It's America's fault. So that's our partner to the South. And now today, as I mentioned, we have this blockbuster testimony coming from Biden's own patrol chief conceding the border is basically wide open and out of control. Is it time to go after Mayorkas. He is in charge of our border. This is his responsibility, and he is not doing it. Clearly, he answers to Biden. This actually could even be grounds for impeachment for President Biden. Quite frankly, it is so outrageous what he has done to put America in peril. His job as commander-in-chief, first and foremost, stop. That is it. That is the primary responsibility of a president. And we can talk, obviously, about the dismal withdrawal from Afghanistan. We're going to talk about the crazy response they just gave to the Russian plane that took down a U.S. drone over the Black Sea. 
there's a lot of problems with this president, his lack of going after China. But you could clearly look at the U.S. border and just show those images of a thousand of them running towards the bridge in El Paso, stampeding, trying to run past border patrols. Then they got past the first barricade because it's just so overwhelming. Suddenly see a thousand migrants coming. You know, it's going to happen over and over and over again. And there have been millions that have crossed illegally. You could contend that is more, in my mind, a greater risk to America than almost any of these other things. That is our southern border. This isn't thousands of miles away. This is our southern border. And what did the Democrats do? Well, today there was a hearing that took place at the border there in McAllen, Texas. The Republicans led it, and they asked for Democrats to come. The Democrats were planning to come, so they said, and then last minute they boycotted it, which is an outrage. What a disgust to the American public. The Democrats don't even want to go down to the border. They don't want to see the damage that the Biden administration's policies have caused. They're hoping, what, if they don't see it, that then they don't have to, like, talk about it, that it's going to go away, and it's not going to go away. It's getting worse. And yet they don't even have the effort— And the, I think, respect to the American public to go down there and show up at the border, shame on them. Take a listen. Here's Congressman Mark Green, Republican, in the hearing today at the border. This is what he had to say about the Democrats suddenly backing out of showing up, even at the hearings. Now, this was supposed to be a full committee. But as you can see, the Democrats are not here. They decided to not to not show Why? Well, they said coming here was just a political stunt. You tell me. Taking a hearing to the point of the crisis for a first-hand view or boycotting a hearing because you know we're going to shine a light on the truth. Which of those is a political stunt? I'd say the political stunt is these empty chairs. Yeah, I would, too. And it's an outrage. It's an insult to the American population that they don't even bother showing up at the the hearings. And here's Congressman Jimenez. Uh, What he had to say, he basically said, you know what? Uh, The Democrats aren't going to do anything. We've got to do something to protect our borders. Take a listen. Americans are dying at a rate 30 times more than Mexicans. And this stuff is being produced in Mexico. So what's really going on here? And no no wonder that the Mexican president is going uh, bananas and threatening the Republican Party because he's doing nothing to uh, protect America. I guess we're going to have to take uh, matters into our own hands. That is our duty uh, as representatives of the people to protect the American people. And that is actually Joe Biden's number one duty. And he's failing miserably when you have 100,000 Americans dying every year from the fentanyl that's coming through this border. And we know exactly who's doing it. Yeah. It's coming from Mexico through the cartels. By the way, uh, there was another blockbuster moment in the hearing today. This is with Congressman Jimenez uh, questioning uh, who's my new, uh, you know, my new uh, idol. This is U.S. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz, who finally put on his big boy pants and testified truthfully under oath. Didn't want to lie like some of the others, I think, are doing for the Biden administration. I give this guy credit because I'm sure he's under incredible pressure And yet he spoke honestly and said the border isn't secure. And then Jimenez, the same congressman we were just talking about a second ago, Republican, asked Ortiz 
in this hearing today about these gotaways. Now, the gotaways, by the way, these are the ones I just mentioned who there's no record of. Just on record, there are 380,000 known gotaways since October. I mean, 380,000. You think about, sadly, you think about a 9-11, what, 19 hijackers took down those planes across America, threw them into the buildings, you know, flew them in, as we know, to the World Trade Center, uh, that field in Shanksville, and, of course, the Pentagon. 19 of them did that. Think about who comes in under 380,000. Those are just the ones they've sort of registered. They believe those numbers are lowballed. And since October, basically since October 2021, they believe there's one and a half million gotaways. These are not the ones that they just give them a slap on the wrist and say, hey, show up at a hearing in three or four years. These are the worst of the worst that have gotten into our country. Think about the kind of damage that even 20 of them could cause, 10 of them, one of them could cause. And we've got now 1.4 million that they believe. And listen to this, Dunner. So uh, Ortiz, this is the Border Patrol chief, was asked about these gotaways, and he actually said this number is low, that he thinks there's even more of them that are in this country. This is a stunner. Here's Congressman Jimenez asking the Border Patrol chief about the gotaways. And if this doesn't make you keep uh, stay up at night, I don't know what does. Limited time. I just need a number. What percentage of the 1.3 that you know got away? How much more do you think got away you know, that you don't know about? In my estimation, based upon the situational awareness that I have, probably be between 10 and 20 percent, sir. More? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Another 10 or 20 percent added to 1.4 million under President Biden. These are the gotaways. This is in addition to like the three or four million that they have some sort of record of that they still can't keep track of once they come in. That is stunning. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Dereliction of duty for Mayorkas and President Biden. Are these grounds criminal charges and grounds for a potential impeachment? Let's go to Eddie, line one. Eddie, your thoughts about this? Rita, it goes up the line. I think God puts me in people's paths. One, you and John Casmatides. And I happen to put RSN on, Right Side News. And I saw this today. And I saw that, yes, there were many seats not having Democrats there. I think that they were brave enough to do this, but they weren't brave enough to be there and have their names mentioned because they don't want to be involved in this. I believe that the, the questioning had two levels. They questioned the chief, and so many times they asked him, "Is it, it's a yes or no answer. And he went into talking about his men and everything and you know how they do things. And I, I think that him, he's trying to respect everybody, but he's also trying to respect his paycheck. He doesn't want to get fired, which he might, like you said. And there were two levels above him. And then there's Mayorkas, who makes $200,000 a year. He does not want to get fired. He's not going to do anything wrong under the Biden administration. And then the next round of questioning after lunch went into boots on the ground, which you are a boots on the ground reporter. It went to that guy that was a sheriff and the other one who was a colonel that retired, and he didn't know anything to anybody. The sheriff talked about how his town was being drained, and they would go there. And they had, what, seven or eight 
assistant sheriffs and other people, other uh, part-time sheriffs that went with him. They couldn't even, like, get, they had to get helicopters to bring a, a child they found that the people that came across the border and left the child because they so wanted to be there and, you know, go to an, what what is costing his, his town. Then you go to the colonel. The colonel questioned by everybody on that staff, and I wish it would have went, I am so sorry they got five minutes apiece. He would say, yes, affirmative. This is what's happening. It goes up to the administration. Marjorie Taylor Greene was the only one that mentioned it is Joe Biden that is doing this and my orcas. And he said, yes. And what's going on here? It's unprecedented, Rita. We have the southern border. The northern border are shores, which are being invaded. We're being invaded pharmaceutically and then by the cartels, which they also revealed they have places in each state, the cartels, that are doing uh, trafficking and, and sending out drugs to our children, our people, everything else. And, and by the way, here. by the way, Ed, you're, Ed, you just said, what, we're at war. Is that what you believe? Absolutely. We are, we're at a soft war. This isn't like the war in World War II when your father was saved with the Army Air Corps, which my father was part of. This is not a physicality of war. This is a war of, um, 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 uh, um, um, what, what can I say, intangibles. It's an intangible war. It's not physical. It's drugs. It's um, human it's a, trafficking, it's a, by the way. Think about human trafficking. The other thing, too, Ed, you know, you brought up about how the cartels are in each state. They also are in banks, U.S. banks. I mean, this is huge money. And what's so sad is what we're learning in the last few days. This Mexican president has no care, no concern about what's happening to America, basically says it's your problem. We didn't do anything. Are you kidding me? You are a breeding ground for terrorists, for narco-terrorists, for cartels, uh, for the worst of the worst. Um, and they just want to make it sound like, well, it's U.S.'s problem, you know. And and by the way, he knows he's got a soft president on the other side of the border, i.e. President Biden, who's not doing anything. He's not sticking it to him. He's not saying, can you imagine? You know, all I think about, Ed, had this been President Trump at this hour, President Trump would be, get back. You, We are putting border walls. Anybody comes close? Where we are sending them back to your country. Don't you dare bring them here. Don't you dare do this. If you do this, we're going to cut off this to Mexico. We're going to cut off this kind of funds. He would have played such hardball with the Mexican president that they, he would have forced the Mexicans to send their own military to the other side of the border to make sure nobody crossed. I mean, th- this is like, this is such a disgrace. The fact that this Mexican president is mocking America because he sees a weak U.S. president like China does, like Russia does, like everybody else does, and basically is not going to do anything about it. And then we have a lackluster, weak president on the other side. This is a formula for disaster, and nobody is fighting the war uh, on the leadership levels. That's the sad thing. That is a really sad testament, Ed, and, and I think you are spot on, my friend. And by the way... I love when you mentioned that your dad was in the Army Air Corps, and you're right, the Army Air Corps rescued my father in World War II. And uh, maybe it was your dad up there in one of those planes who uh, signaled to my father that it was 15 miles to walk and he was free. I love you, Ed. Thank you very, very much. You are such a sweetheart. Let's go to Jacqueline, uh, line six. Jacqueline, your thoughts about this? 
Hi, Rita. Not only does Mayorkas and every single individual in the Biden administration associated with this border debacle, uh, should they be impeached, they should go to jail for the maximum amount of time that the law will allow for the uh, them shirking their responsibilities for killing millions of Americans with the fentanyl drugs coming in. Um, they should also be held civilly responsible. The one thing that they care about more than anything, second to money, is their freedom. So in my opinion, I think if they go to jail, that would send a very clear message. But they should also have to repay the taxpayers for the hundreds of millions of dollars that have been wasted on this border debacle in every uh, way, in terms of the fentanyl, the drug overdose, everything, and what it's costing the taxpayers to house all of these illegal immigrants. Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. And I wonder, um, you know, Jacqueline, too, and there may be some ways to have them sort of as co-conspirators, if you will, to, you know, to the people who have died from fentanyl. You think about, you know, if you were a family uh, and that woman who testified just recently, which we played on the show, I, I, I think of her, I hear her voice over and over again, Rebecca Kiesling, and she lost two of her sons to fentanyl. And you think about like if you were a family member and you lost a loved one to it, could you go after a Mayorkas and say that his he was reckless? I mean, you think about it, I hate to say, you know, you look at some charges, let's throw it out there. You look at like, like even some of these, you know, charges, which are, they're like a second degree. Somehow you played a role. Your recklessness contributed to this person's death. There could potentially maybe be some charges. It'd be interesting if somebody, uh, you know, some attorney says, hey, we're going to do a class action suit on behalf of what? The 100,000 Americans that die every year. And you know now, now there's testimony. Let's play Raul Ortiz, who says it's a wide open border and you're not doing anything to stop it. Uh, you make some great points, Jacqueline. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. A stunning day as Biden's own Border Patrol chief basically completely contradicts Mayorkas and admits the border's out of control. There are tons of gotaways. Who should be held responsible? And can you imagine if President Trump was in charge? Uh, I don't think the Mexican president would be laughing like he is tonight. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Coming up also, by the way, in the next hour on the Rita Cosby Show, President Biden's team extremely weak on Russia. He's weak on the border and he is definitely weak on Russia and China. Case in point, this Russian plane that hit a U.S. drone. And today the Pentagon basically was like, yes, it was not a good move. It was not a good thing to do. That really sends a message to Russia. Uh, that this president is a commander in chief, but that's sort of par for the course with the way he has been handling the border. And we are talking about the stunning testimony that happened today at the border and what should happen now. Do you believe there might even be some grounds for potentially criminal charges against Mayorkas, maybe somebody else? Now we know from the Border Patrol chief in Biden's own administration admitting that it is out of control and that Biden's policies are definitely welcoming migrants to flood the border. 
Uh, this is devastating to the Biden administration, obvious to all of us. But the fact that it's now under oath could be grounds for criminal charges and much more. Tonight, that is what people are talking about. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Robert, line five. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Good. What do you think, Robert? Uh, it's a good evening, but it is a, a troubling e- evening for America when you hear of what these numbers of people crossing. And uh, this is not a good evening, I don't think, for the Biden administration. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I say the committees and Congress have legal recourse. They can petition the Supreme Court to force the Biden administration, his cabinet, and all officials to follow the law. And when they don't, it's contempt and they can be jailed for whatever term the Supreme Court deems necessary for them to comply. Wow. You know what, Robert? I, by the way, I actually think there is something to your point. I think there are some legal actions and certainly some judicial actions. There's a couple judges who have come out of late and have sided against the Biden administration on their policies. Um, but you can bet some states are pushing this. I mean, Texas, for one, because they're right there on the front lines. Uh, Robert, thanks so much. Uh, let's go to Melissa, line four in Tennessee. Melissa, your thoughts? Oh, I'm, my thought is, uh, okay, I understand what you guys are going through, but uh, um, I'm against what you guys are saying. Wait, you say, or, wait, wait, hang on a second, Melissa. You, wait, hang you on, hey, wait, hang on, Melissa. This is not against or whatever. Uh, where you're in America, right? So it's not just us; it's everybody in America is dealing with this. Go ahead. The thing is, I live here in America, but the thing is, uh, you guys talk about Biden. What about Trump? He killed five people at the Capitol. They had riots. He did not go to jail. Hey, Melissa, hang on. Hang on, Melissa. You should open your history books because nobody died that day on the Capitol. The only person who did die was a woman, a veteran named Ashley Babbitt, who was killed by a Capitol Hill police officer who was treated as a hero. Uh, So go ahead. Get your history right. Go ahead. No, no, no. You get it right because five people died. It was on the news. Well, then you watch the wrong news channel because guess what happened? A lot of them, by the way, to your point, that is correct. Some of them did report that, and some of them have not retracted that, uh, contrary to the facts. So I, so I understand why you're saying that, because some people on MSNBC and elsewhere have reported it. Uh, but nobody actually died that day other than Ashley Babbitt, who was an unarmed veteran who was there and got killed by a Capitol Police officer. Uh, nobody else died that day. She's the only one. So if that's the case... Uh, the Capitol Hill police person was heralded by Biden. What do you say to that? Hey, no, wait. I, I'm for, I voted for Biden. I ain't against him. Well, well that, him. by the way, that's obvious from your call. And I guess you like open borders. And I guess you like us begging to China. And I guess you like us begging to Russia. And I guess you're okay with somebody shooting an unarmed woman at the Capitol. So keep voting for him if you like those policies, because I think most Americans don't. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know you're 
Talking about how lame the Biden administration and downright derelict on the border. We're going to continue with your calls on that. Uh, And later on, by the way, in the hour, this was another stunner on foreign policy and why I think the world is in such a chaotic, uncertain time right now. I don't think, you know, as in my modern life, I mean, I feel like in my adult years, have I ever been so worried about sort of where we are headed? You got China aligning, of course, with Iran and Saudi uh, and Russia. And then, of course, you've got the border that's wide open. you got a Mexican president who's basically saying, blank you, America, and Biden going, uh, what time is it? What day of the week is it? I mean, this is a really scary situation. And one of the latest things that sort of epitomizes it is this incident with two Russian planes uh, that took out one of our U.S. drones over the Black Sea. And it was in international waters. Uh, the question is, why did they do that? What's the reason that they are sort of poking the bear, if you will, and going after uh, a U.S. drone? And it's interesting. If you hear the story behind it, uh, the two Russian planes were kind of like first trying to get rid of the U.S. drone. They knew it was a U.S. drone. They actually dumped fuel on it. Uh, I wonder if that was sort of like a uh, a dog marking his territory, <laughs> dumping fuel and saying, okay, here's the spot I'm going to go to the bathroom on. You know, they do, dogs got to do that. I love dogs, by the way. I love animals. Um, and so they first kind of dumped fuel on the drone, kind of mocking it, marking their territory like a Fido would do, right? And then a Russian plane basically collides with it and takes it out. The Russian plane lands safely. And so what does our president do? This has been a major provoca- you know, provocation of U.S. forces. It was at international waters. They were knocking out our weaponry intentionally. But it doesn't seem like first that the White House wants to admit that. They don't want to get tough on Russia. And I contend, had Biden said, uh, if there's a minor incursion, not to worry about it, that we probably wouldn't be in the war right now. And I contend also, if Trump was in office, we also wouldn't have had a war right now with Russia and Ukraine. Both of those things, I think, led and opened the door. They saw weakness with Biden. Then they heard him say, oh, if it's a minor incursion, come on in. And now guess what the warning? Now they take out a U.S. drone in basically international waters where you are allowed to fly. The drone was allowed to fly there and they took it out. Now, they won't say that they did it, and they also won't really scold Russia. Take a listen to the toughest, our Secretary of Defense, who is such a wokester. This is what he had to say about it all. This is him really getting tough on Russia. Listen to what he said just a few hours ago. This is Lloyd Austin. I just got off the phone with my Russian counterpart, Minister Shoigu. As I've said repeatedly, it's important that great powers be models of transparency and communication. And the United States will continue to fly and to operate wherever international law allows. And it is incumbent upon Russia to operate as military aircraft in a safe and professional manner. Yeah, could you be a little more professional now that you knocked out our million dollar drone, a Reaper drone? Could you could you be a little more professional? That really sounds like it's gonna scare Russia. And here is General Milley, who is, of course, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 
And this is the best he could do. Listen to him. Yes, this is a part of a pattern of behavior. Uh, the United States and Russian military forces operate in proximity to each other uh, throughout the world. Uh, we're operating in the Middle East and Syria, for example. Uh, the, the, uh, we have uh, areas up in Alaska that uh, routinely either maritime or aerial vessels uh, come in contact uh, in the, in the uh, maritime areas outside of Hawaii, for example, but also obviously uh, in Europe and particularly in Ukraine. Uh, so the fact that we operate in proximity to each other is not particularly unusual. Uh, and we do try to establish deconfliction channels uh, in order to make sure that our forces are physically separated and we don't have incidents like this. But there is a pattern of behavior recently where there is a little bit more aggressive actions being conducted by the Russians. Uh, we think uh, we haven't completed our analysis as to why that's happening. Uh, that we, and it wasn't just involving us. There were some incidents uh, earlier with the British and some other, uh, other nations as well. So there is a pattern of behavior going on here, and we have to figure out exactly what the way ahead is. I think that was one of the uh, fundamental reasons for Secretary's uh, call to uh, Minister Shoigu and one of the fundamental reasons for my call to uh, uh, General Garisma. Yeah, I, I made a call today. And by the way, he also said it was, quote, unprofessional and unsafe. That's the toughest they can be, even with words. I'm not necessarily saying we should go into war with Russia. By no means am I saying that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is you at least need to have some verbiage and maybe some actions to back it up. Otherwise, they're going to keep going. It's just like the minor incursion line. This was much more than a minor incursion. And guess what? We didn't just give them a green light. We gave them a neon green light. And this is what General Keith Kellogg had to say about that tepid response from the Pentagon. He was former National Security Advisor to then Vice President Pence and also an advisor to then President Trump. Listen to what he said. So we had a chance to really be very, very strong by, from our, both our chairman of the Joint Chiefs and also the Secretary of Defense. And I don't think they were. I thought it was like, well, this, we're going to take the really diplomatic approach. You know, yeah. We're the strongest nation in the world. We're the best and toughest military in the world. Make it very clear to adversaries, to enemies, everybody around the world, do not mess with the United States of America. You do something like this, it's, on your, it's going to be on your watch and make a mistake. Don't mess with the U.S. Boy, do we need somebody like that now running the Defense Department. And boy, do we need the attitude of a Trump right now, given all these bad actors in the world. And we have a wimp in both directions. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And all of this comes, of course, tied to the border, which is wide open. And now we have the former uh, we've got a number of individuals in the past who've been testifying, but current Border Patrol chief who testified today, Biden's own guy, who admitted that it is out of control, that they do not have operational control at the border. Your thoughts of where this goes now. Let's go to Gary, line four. Gary, your thoughts on all that. Hey, Gary, you there? Gary, call us back because it's breaking up. We can't hear it. Give us a call back if you could. Let's go to Ernest on line two. Ernest, your thoughts. Hello. I'd like to see Mayorkas uh, more, more than uh, subpoenaed. I want him to be charged with dereliction of duty and, and criminally charged. I want his pension. We'll take it, rescind it. I want his bank accounts subpoenaed. I want to know how much he's making off off the border by looking the other way with these envelopes of cash coming in. I guarantee you he sold us out just like the Biden administration, but but he took an oath. They take an oath to be sworn in the office to protect 
and uphold, uphold our laws and our constitution, and he's doing neither. So he he should be charged hands down with dereliction of duty and criminally charged. I had another thought with this with this drone under Obama. They flew a drone to Iran and landed it. Now no one knows who flew it. No one knows. No one knows the, the flight log out of Denver, Colorado. Who was in command of that? Of that? But they flew a drone and landed it in Tehran, Tehran or Iran, Un, unscathed. Landed it, giving it to them. Now Mayorkas, there are not, uh, Millis, General Millis. He's the one who said that he would give a heads up to China if he was to ever invade under under. Uh, uh, when, um, right. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I hear you because you're right. He was the one who was like, yeah, we would back, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Taiwan if something happened, but they sure don't seem very tough on China right now. And I think sadly they're sort of treating it like the Russia situation. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, we're watching this. We're watching that. I mean, China's watching what's happening, the way we handle Russia. China's watching the way we don't protect our own borders. Uh, and they see a sucker. And that really saddens me. That's what they see in the White House. They see a sucker and they see time to move in. They got two years now. You know, if I'm them, sadly, and, and I, I don't want to be giving them any advice, believe me. But, if, you know, they've got a little less than two years. Who knows who's going to be in the White House in two years? I mean, if it's I hopefully anybody who gets in the White House would try to get control of this Republican or Democrat because it's outrageous. Let's go to Charles. Line one. Charles, your thoughts. Yeah, hi. First of all, uh, Rita, I want to commend you how you handle, how you deal with uh, Stan-type um, ignorant, misguided Biden lovers. You, you you hit the right note. You, you, you're assertive. You're very assertive, but not aggressive. I really commend you on doing a great job on that. Thank you. You, you, know, what, you know what, Charles? I always believe that no matter where people come from, if they're wrong, I'm going to correct them. You know, I care what's best for America. I care about common sense, and I care about protecting yeah, I, I our like country. You do it. You don't. You don't get aggressive. You just assertive. Thank you. Thank you. And listen, I like hearing from everybody, even if I don't agree with them. I think it's America. That's the beauty of our country. Because boy, if they said some of those things in China, uh, suddenly uh, they wouldn't be having any. Uh, you know, uh, they wouldn't be walking down the street the next day. Put it that way. And, and that's the beauty of our country. You know. Yeah. Okay. I hope to say. Uh, we're speculating what Trump would do. I believe we know what he would do. Also, when I finish, I'll, ma- I'll make that quick. I want to give one quick sentence about Stan, if I may. But what Trump would do, according to O'Reilly, whom I trust completely and implicitly, because he checks things a hundred different ways before he says it or writes it. He says that in his last, I think it was his last book uh, that, he, that he had written, this br- these brilliant, best-selling uh, f- nonfiction books. Yep, and he's written some good ones. He's sold nine, 19 million copies. They're, they are big. Go ahead. I know. It's amazing. He's amazing. So he, he, he says that he spoke with Trump. It was originally classified the unbelievable um, ammunition uh, ordinance that we have, very technologically advanced, that people didn't even know about. So how did Trump handle ISIS? All he did was call them obvious terrorists. And now America has the right to target each one individually. And we have the ammunition, how to target each one and just hit him on the head and kill him. So the same thing he did with, what's his name, uh, the president of, um, of Mexico. He said like this, he didn't want to, Mexico didn't want to go along. 
So he said, if you don't go along, I want you, them all to stay. All these, so to speak, asylum seekers <laughs> uh, should stay in Mexico until they're able to come to America. If not, I'm going to... Uh, uh, but we're not called them. Uh, consider the... Um, I, I'm blanking out. What, like an act of the, war or uh, what? Or I'm going to consider the hotel terrorists and I'm going to target them one by one. Mexico backed off. Wow. The Trump meant it. Wow. And by the, by the way, you hit it on the head, Charles. It is the, it is the uh, language and it's the actions. And he did know that Trump meant it. Remember, it was that remain in Mexico policy that you're talking about on the other side of the border where he said they must remain in Mexico, be processed, and then they can come here. Whereas now under Biden's policy, it's like, come on in, no problem. And not only if you come through, will you barely ever have to show up for court ever again and good luck and we'll give you a cell phone or free college or whatever else. Um, we'll also not really even keep track of you at all. Um, and that's like, that's the, st- the stiffest kind of oversight that he's doing. The weakest is these gotaways that are well over 1.4 million, uh, under Biden. This is a frightening situation. Really frightening. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Your thoughts on the border and also Biden weak with Russia. Is he saying basically, oh, it's only a minor incursion that the plane, the Russian plane, hit the U.S. drone? And guess what? You know where it is? It's four to 5,000 feet of water right now in the Black Sea. Guess who's going to get it? The Russians. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Joe Biden. We'll continue the calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, we have a really powerful guest coming up in just about 10 minutes or so. Ken LaCourte is going to be joining us. He was a colleague of mine when I worked at Fox News and an amazing guy, an amazing media executive. And turns out uh, he, no wonder, has always been about truth and justice. And now I'm learning some really powerful things about his past uh, as he is fighting uh, to keep the man who killed his sister and her boyfriend, murdered them in cold blood, uh, behind bars, there is a dramatic parole hearing that is taking place tomorrow, and Ken wants everybody to know about this, uh, to sign a petition. It is under George Gascon, soft on crime, George Gascon in California, which is a very dangerous time and scary time with his soft on crime policies. And Ken LaCourt is going to be joining us in just about 10 minutes to talk about what happened to his sister and what is happening to justice in California and what he hopes happens to this man who killed his beautiful sister, Kathy, years ago. He's going to be joining us in just about 10 minutes or so from now. You definitely don't want to miss it. Uh, hearing a firsthand account from someone that I know well, uh, it is a stunning, stunning story and a reminder of just how dangerous things are in this country and how important it is to support our men and women in law enforcement and also to be tough on criminals who commit heinous crimes, any crime for that matter. And joining us now, uh, as we are talking, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We're talking about soft on crime, but also soft on foreign policy, too. Uh, President Biden seems to go easy on Russia, 
This is the latest example with these planes and the one that crashed into a U.S. drone in the Black Sea. I mean, and the best we come back with is, oh, that was unsafe. That was unprofessional. Please don't do that again, Russia. Please, please, Mr. Putin. I'm sure he is shaking in his boots tonight. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom. Line two. Your thoughts about this, Tom? Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking the call. I was wanted to say, you know, the Democrats are very focused on environmental justice and all these things that we got to save the environment because they're afraid that the world's going to go under in 100 years from now. And that's not true. But even if it were true, they're not focusing on what what could be happening within this 100 years or whatever number of years it is, because we could be in a war in, with China within the next couple of years. And then things could be as bad as they're predicting the environment to be in 100 years from now a lot sooner because they're too focused on the, the you know, environmental, being environmentally friendly and being woke. If the, you know, you could be a Democrat and care about the environment, but you got to be focused on, our, you know, what we're doing with our military. What, by the way, Tom, 1,000 percent. You had, a, you had a great point. They're so busy being woke. Um, and Austin, by the way, is one great example of that, the, the way he talks about woke policies and all these things. I don't want to hear necessarily about woke policies from our defense secretary. I want to hear what is the threat, just like you said. Um, you know, he can have, you know, you can have a diversity officer talking about woke policies. Please let my general, my top general, you know, be a general. You know, he's the guy who's leading us to battle, not into critical race theory. You know, I mean, in, in the foxhole, uh, it doesn't matter what you are. All that matters is you know how to fire that gun and keep firing. You know, and that's what I want to hear from him. And and you're right. They are. They've gotten their eyes off the prize. And, and that is really sad. And it scares me right now. And that's the response that they give after this provo- provocation. I mean, it, you know, we got to be careful, but you got to at least talk tough and say something. So at least Russia feels like, wow, maybe they are serious about protecting their homeland. Maybe they are serious about protecting the world. And I'm not sure they get that. Uh, and that really saddens me and disturbs me. Let's go to Stan. Line four. Stan, your thoughts. Oh, it disturbs you, huh? You're very good tonight, I got to tell you. Stan, oh. Stan, Stan, let me just say one thing. I, don't you think, I hope you're disturbed because, you know, it's not a happy no, day. I'm disturbed with the guy that just called. That's what I'm disturbed who, with. Who just that called? Idiot. Who ju- wait, Charles, wait. that don't mention my name. Oh, wait, hang, how you hang handle on, me. Hang on, hang on. No, no, not Hold on, time. no, hold on a second. This time you will, like you do every night, because that's what you do when you call into a show. Okay, Stan? Rules, I ask the questions, you get to respond, all right? So, Charles was not the one who just called. He called the time before, and yeah, he did uh, make a comment, so you can respond, Stan. That's why you're here. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to talk about uh, the foreign aspects, which is even more important than that idiot Charles. Uh, first of all, uh, let's let's talk about foreign situations. Rita Cosby, President of the United States. Rita, what would you do, Rita? I Rita? would. I would at least talk tough. I mean, this president acts like he's trying to, he's tougher on deciding whether it's vanilla or chocolate ice cream than he is at sending a message to China and elsewhere. Uh, Stan, you know what I will do? If you want to hold on, we do have an interview, though, coming up, but I'll try to get you quick right after the break and we'll continue this conversation because I got a feeling you got another question or two, like Stan always does. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story. This one coming from Paris, France, where a U.S. Navy veteran, Robert Wimberly, got a memorable birthday surprise at the Eiffel Gardens in Paris, where he now lives. The Tennessee native who just turned 90 received a visit from a number of cadets from the U.S. Army ROTC as well as people from the University of Tennessee. The group arrived in France to hand-deliver a special certificate of appreciation, also a few gifts as well, to him, including a $1,000 donation, which was made in his honor to the university's Gold Star Family Scholarship Fund by his children and also his grandchildren. Wimberly, by the way, started college at the University of Tennessee on a basketball scholarship. Halfway through his studies, went the Korean War in full swing, he and a friend received their notice that they were to be drafted. Now, according to Wimberly's granddaughter, she says that after he came back from service, he always wanted to finish his studies, but he was never able to do that. So in that light, she said, I hope that this donation in his honor will help other veterans return to their education, which he always wished he had been able to do. And what a beautiful story and beautiful tribute to this great veteran. And I say, viva la France! Beautiful that all the way across the seas he is being recognized. Well, we are talking about General uh, Lloyd Austin and also General Milley, our two senior military officials, and both of them were very weak in response to a Russian plane taking down a U.S. drone in an international airspace. And many people are worried that things are going to escalate. And this president is too busy being woke. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan again back there. Stan, I'm sorry, I had to take a break. Uh, go ahead. Go nice ahead. Story. That was a nice story. Yeah, wasn't that a beautiful story from the yeah. guy in France? Yeah, beautiful. Parlez-vous français. Yes, very nice. Okay. Uh... First of all, there is no such thing as woke, this phony word that the Republicans make up. They have to make up. So they make up this phony word. But I don't want to go into that. It means nothing. But the, the reality of the situation is what does President Rita Cosby want to do? Tell you want to get tough. OK, President Cosby, I, I, I'm going to vote for you for 10 minutes. What do you want to do? On this situation. Wow, you, Stan, I am honored that you, I would have your vote minutes, for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. By the way, the way you, uh, as long as you take the, ask the question, it'd be about 9.30. But anyway, <laughs> listen, regardless, I'll take no, it. I'll no, take what it. would you do? I, I mean, what you say you want to get tough. How do you want to get tough, Rita? Tell least, me this brain I, idea. That I will. Have. It's actually not a great idea. It's actually a pretty. No, brain idea. Yeah, okay, brain, brain idea. idea. Thank you. I, I'm getting tons of comments. And I can't handle this, Stan, from you tonight. Long, but go ahead. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm going to enjoy it. It's like flowers. I'll enjoy it before they fade and die. Well, tell me, what would you do, Madam President? What I would do is I would absolutely say verbally, it is time to get tough. And that is for sure. We absolutely need to say we are a strong military. You shouldn't be taking out our drones. We want a full investigation. Don't you dare do it again. This is not appropriate. Uh, Don't you dare push an inch. The problem is we've already sent mixed messages, Stan. That is the big problem with all of this. We've already come across as weak and soft, and all of that has just added to this cauldron. And this president is being walked all over. You you can't tell me, Stan, that this guy is not being taken advantage of. You can't tell me that whatsoever, right? Come on, Uh, Stan. I'll tell you, I I don't know if you listened about a day or so ago, but I was entranced with John Bolton speaking on Fox 
who was Donald Trump's right-hand foreign policy man, and he was talking about Afghanistan. And the real cause of what came out, he, play, he says it was Trump. And I was stunned by what he said. He said, read the, the other guy was saying that uh, Bolton was out of his mind. There's something wrong with him. I could have. So basically, well, Bolton was. First, well, first of all, Stan, you're diverting as usual because you don't want to answer the question because you know that this current president is soft and Bolton doesn't like Trump. So everything is like, it's like you, orange man bad. So maybe you and John Bolton could run together for president. Um, but John Bolton also says that, yes, Trump had made the deal with the Taliban, but this president didn't have to abide by it. And Trump didn't say, hey, pull everybody out and pull out the troops beforehand, too. And let's leave Bagram and let's leave $7.2 billion worth of equipment behind. And, uh, you know, let's leave all our allies behind. Uh, that's not the case. So uh, Bolton knows some details, but every president can make different decisions. And you can bet that President Trump would not have done it this way. There is no doubt in my mind. And I think even Bolton knows that, too. Bolton says that he basically opened the door because he made the deal. But you can figure out how to pull out. It's the withdrawal that was a disaster. And it did not have to happen this way. But Stan, I love you. Always good talking to you, my friend. Well, you know, we've talked about policies and particularly crime policies, soft on crime policies. And this is something that we have seen time and time again, uh, especially from many soft on crime DAs across this country. Uh, Alvin Bragg in New York. Uh, you see the guy in San Francisco. Remember, he got recalled. Uh, what about also Philadelphia and certainly George Gascone in California? And tomorrow, there will be a parole hearing. It will be the ninth for a man who was convicted of killing many people, including two precious lives, a beautiful 18-year-old Kathy LaCourt and also her boyfriend. It happened in 1976. And the killer of these two precious people, Richard Johnson, is now up for parole for again, as I mentioned, the ninth time the hearing is tomorrow. And each time the LaCourt family comes to show support for their beautiful sister and daughter and also her boyfriend and also so many others speaking out for justice to make sure that this guy stays behind bars. And joining us now here on the Rita Cosby Show, and this case is very personal to me, everybody, um, Ken LaCourt uh, is a friend of mine for many years, a colleague and a great media executive, um, somebody that I've known for decades and never knew this story until just recently about his incredible sister, Kathy. And Ken LaCourt joins us now here on the show. Ken, it's great to have you here. Thank you, Rita. You know, it, it breaks my heart to hear um, what you went through. And I want to have you first sort of share the story, sadly, if you can take us back uh, to what happened on February 11th, 1976, if you could. You, you know, I, I was just 12 years old at the time. My, my sister was 18. Uh, we, were, we lived in a, a suburb of Los Angeles, a little place called Arcadia. She and her boyfriend went up for a hike in the mountains above there. They drove up in his, uh, he had one of those VW vans from back then. Uh, on the way back from their hike, where, where they had parked in, in a turnout, they'd, they'd run into a man who had never met him before, he um, he had a rifle. He uh, he had 
actually just freshly come from a few months before from killing somebody else in, in, in Missouri. He was kind of a nascent serial killer. Uh, tied them both up, bound them in the back of their van, and, and shot them both to death. Um, obviously, just kind of a horrific, a horrific family event, a horrific event for, for many, many families and many people involved. We, uh, he was caught about five months later because he had talked to his wife, and then he was taking shots at her, and so she, uh, she reported him to the police. He got convicted in uh, late 1976, and he got the death penalty times two. Um, but, you know, the 70s and, and, and early 80s were a lot like now. We got a call five years later from the detective who worked on the case saying he's up for parole. Five years so later? Literally. Ken, five years after two counts, two first degrees. And, and, and given the death penalty times, too. But, you know, it's like once the politicians start playing and the, the professionals take over and nobody's looking, then uh, the death penalty was overturned by the Supreme Court, and then two became two consecutive, not consecutive, but concurrently, and uh, they called it life in California, but you were up for parole in five years. So every single time my family has gathered petitions, have, have gotten letters, sent them into the parole board, you know, let, let them know that we are watching them, at least from now on. And, you know, we went through, you know, 20-ish years at least of, of it got better. Um, um, we got three strikes in California. We were, we got some rights at the parole board. We had to fight to get in the first time. Now there's a, now it's, it's, it's a law that allows families to go there and to speak at these. And, but then over the last 10 years, we're starting to see just so many things reverse. Uh, they have a parole thing for old guys. Well, and then they define old as being 50 years old. They, um, they've loosened up so many standards. And you mentioned Gascon, uh, who's the, the, county district attorney in los angeles he's the latest shoe to drop um, we used to go and have you know you, you go into a small room this year it'll, it'll be on 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 zoom you go into a small room the guy is there he's got there's a guard he's got his lawyer there's a couple of uh two two parole officers the hearing officers and and a prosecutor who goes through the past case and and has his uh has his record in 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 jail and and all of those things well, Gascon said no more. He's not sending any uh, of, uh, not allowing any of the district attorneys to go to these hearings. So not only do we not kind of have somebody on the prosecution side or the side that's looking at the law and saying, here's why he should stay in. We also have, uh, have no access to files like the, the, the investigative files or his prison records because another one of these DAs, um, you know, who came in on the wrong side, it seems like, and uh, and that's what we're stuck with. So we've watched that whole pendulum in California swing from awful to decent back to awful again. Wow. It, it must be heartbreaking, Ken, seeing this firsthand. And just like you said, we're all seeing this across the country, the pendulum swinging. The other thing, too, this guy, uh, Richard Johnson, um, he has never shown any, it seems like, any regret or any remorse um, did he ever say he was sorry? Did he ever apologize? You know, he, he, he not not really. No, I, I, the best I think he got was, you know, it shouldn't have happened over the years. His story morphed from I have amnesia. That was his first couple ones to nope, wasn't me to um, um, now it was a robbery gone bad, pretending like they had a thousand dollars and he just noticed it. You know, he's, he's always tried to minimize that. Um, he had um, 
he had been a in, in, in St. Louis, Missouri, who has another woke prosecutor out there. He had he had been a uh, an apartment complex manager and he raped and killed one of the gals who lived there, stabbed her seven times after after she was largely dead because because the wounds hadn't bled. And there's another couple unsolved murders out there of similar M.O.s that nobody's followed up on it. He just really, I think, liked killing women, uh, especially. Um, and, and I think my my sister's boyfriend just kind of got in the way. You know what? It is so heartbreaking. And thank goodness um, the wife of him, you know, his uh, who tipped authorities and mm-hmm. made that call and like broke the case. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And then I understand what then they went and did a search at um, his home. They found a rifle that was connected to the killing um, of your sister and her, her boyfriend. And that's how they forensically also put it together. Um, yeah. What can people do who are listening? How can they get involved and try to help you to make sure that this guy stays behind bars forever, as he should. Well, I appreciate that. Look, our, this is our last. I, literally, it, it, it's happening in 12 hours. Uh, we do have a, a uh, what do you call this, change.org petitions up. And if somebody types in stopaparole.com, it'll forward up to that change.org. They can sign it. They can write a letter to the board, which we'll, we'll forward up to them. And then I'll, I'll let people know that way what, what happens tomorrow. What is your message to also Los Angeles, Ken? Um, you know, because, of course, as you brought up, uh, they will be listening. The parole board will be uh, deciding tomorrow via Zoom. Um, what is your message to them? You know, Rita, it, you know, for me personally it's, it's, and, and my family, it's kind of beyond sadness. I mean, my sister's been gone for most of my life. I, you know, I knew her when I was 12 and I'm, you know, I'm in my 50s now. The, 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 the message is, is that, that the government isn't always on our side when it comes to one of the very, very basic things of keeping people safe and, and keeping, you know, literally serial murders in prison. I mean, they are letting out first-degree murders in California – they are emptying a lot of the prisons and and the whole concept of, well, the system must be racist. So let's let's reduce all crimes is is it's going to end up with other people dying and and making your your county and your life a worse place to live. Um, real quick, tell us about your sister, your memories, too, of Kathy, um, a beautiful young woman, 18 years old, um, you know, killed uh, so early on. Um Obviously, just tell us about who she was as an amazing person. You know, it's 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 uh, that's a, that's an interesting question because I've, I've done a few of these interviews and nobody's asked me that. Um, uh, you know, I was twelve years old. You know, she was she was she was my big sister. We probably fought as much as we had fun because <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was just of that like kind of obnoxious age with, uh, with you know when you're when you're six years younger than than, than your older sister. But um, um, she was a beautiful gal. She 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 had a terrific sense of humor. We did a lot of outdoor things together. She was, and then in the last couple of years of her life, she she got involved in a church that that kind of became her life. Uh, and you know, and 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 that was hugely important to her. And the most interesting thing that that we heard from her death came from the coroner, who said she didn't have any adrenaline in her system. And because of that, they actually figured that it was somebody she knew and that they knew. And for the, you know, while this guy was missing, they, 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 they assumed that this was some type of love triangle or something because, because, you know, attractive young 18 year old girl with boyfriend. But the fact that she was calm enough in being bound up in that situation said uh, it was something very comforting for us. Absolutely. Well, your sister is um, above in heaven saying, 
Thank you, brother, and to your family, everybody still fighting for justice for her and for really all Americans. Um, we are with you, Ken LaCourt, and we pray that you get good news tomorrow and that this monster stays behind bars. Again, everybody, go to stopaparole.com. Uh, you'll see there's a change.org petition, and it talks about this guy, Richard Johnson, who, again, is up for parole in a matter of hours. And um, Ken LaCourt, we love you. I've known you for years. Thank you so much for joining us, and we pray Thank that you. you get good news tomorrow. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you, Rita. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. And everybody, we're going to take your calls when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. to the Rita Cosby show. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with Ken LaCour tomorrow and his family. I have known Ken for decades and tomorrow he is fighting for justice for his beautiful sister, Kathy, and really for all Americans. Again, everybody go to stopaparole.com, stopaparole.com. It'll roll over to a a change.org petition. And under that, you will see the information about this guy, uh, Richard Johnson, who, again, is up for parole in a matter of hours. Uh, you know that they look at these things. These parole boards look at these petitions. They see how many people are signing um, who are angry and want to make sure that this guy stays behind bars, Richard Johnson. Uh, so take a look at that, please. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Go to stopaparole.com tonight. Many of you listen from around the country, and I know you all care about justice. So go on there and be sure to sign up and get all your friends and neighbors to sign up, too. Uh, The more, the better to make sure that justice is served for beautiful Kathy LaCourt. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in South Carolina. Um, and, uh, and Michael, first off, um, I know, um, on line four, I know that you are a former law enforcement officer. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts, Michael, on, uh, on what you just heard from Ken LaCourt. Very powerful. Well, Rita, I remember that story. I remember what had happened. I was 22 years old, 1976. And this animal is up for parole. And my heart goes out to Ken, uh, most of his sister. Um, yeah, just, uh, that's, you know, uh, I hope parole. Unbelievable, man. Is it? You know what's amazing, Mike? The fact that this guy got uh, two basically death sentences because at the time the death sentence was um, enacted there in it was you know allowed in seventy six, but then suddenly remember they reverted in California um, and decided to take it off the table. But he got two counts of death basically, first degree murder, and then he after five years there was a parole hearing. I mean, are you kidding me? Talk about crazy justice. Crazy, loony, kazuni justice, and now it's going on even even more so with the climate we live in. And I, I'll leave you with this, Rita. Um, you know, that, that incident with the drone, I watched that uh, quite a few times. You know, that's another example. This is the beginning. Well, what's his response, this, this Biden, this president? A non-response. He's a jellyfish. He's got no spine, and this could, you know, be the beginning. I don't want to be Mr. Negative, but this could be be the beginning of more aggressive moves from China and Russia. And unbelievable, you know, uh, our, our president, our, you know, Democratic donkey, the worst president. 
Yeah, no, you, you hit it on the head. He has to get tough. And and it goes with everything. It's like foreign policy. It's criminals. Um, it's it's this time where there has to be some sort of sense of justice and there has to be some sort of sense of understanding about all of that. Uh, to me, it's just shocking. Um, let's go to Joe uh, in Nassau. Go ahead, Joe. Line eight, your thoughts. I really think that this could be called an act of war if it was done in international airspace. You're talking about the drone, and, right? You're you, talking about the uh, the yeah, fact of the U.S. Absolutely. drone that was taken down. Yes. And the way he could get tough if he wanted to, or if he could, I think he's kind of owned, and that's why he's not, is by just giving Ukraine everything they have right now to push back the Russians back to where they came out of behind their own border. And yeah. that could be a response. But he's not going to respond like that. And I, I think it was Sarah Palin that said, well, look, if they take Georgia, then they're going to go after Crimea. And they took Crimea, and now they're on the border of Ukraine, and now they went into Ukraine. So for everyone that called her stupid, she kind of saw this a long time ago. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, listen, listen. But no, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, you can't give somebody like that, like a Putin, an inch. You can't. You got to play hardball and you got to at least let him know the problem is it's sort of the cats out of the bag that Biden is weak. And they know that they are taking advantage of that full throttle. They are absolutely, you know, uh, deciding that now is the time to kind of move. China's kind of eyeing Taiwan. Russia, clearly, we already know what they're doing with Ukraine. Uh, they're doing all these other provocative actions with the U.S. and apparently some others, too. And so all of these things, I don't think, are an accident that it's happening now. I don't think so whatsoever. I think just given the timing and you see who is in the presidency right now, uh, that's why there. I feel like there is so much chaos. There's chaos with criminals, with these revolving doors, with these soft on crime DAs. There is chaos with, you know, foreign policy, with bad actors like Putin and Iran and China and all these others taking advantage of the situation. And to me, it's heartbreaking. And it is really, really, we need law and order in this country. You got to have respect for law. You got to have respect for each other. And you got to have respect for our American president. Uh, but he also has to earn it, too. My goodness. And before I leave you again tonight, everybody, check out stopaparole.com a few hours till the hearing for Richard Johnson. Sign that petition. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.